Today's podcast is brought to you by Dell Expert Network. Dell Expert members receive a dedicated account manager. This is a personal one-on-one partnership dedicated to helping you grow your business. All account managers are extensively trained on a variety of Dell products. Your dedicated account manager, who is backed by a team of both subject matter and technical experts, will help you identify, plan, and execute projects for your clients. Together, your Dell Expert Network team will help you find the right solutions for your clients as well as flesh out larger opportunities. Join Dell Expert Network now at www.dell.com forward slash expert network to partner with your dedicated account manager. You are entering the MSP Zone, a podcast for the managed services community, covering news, analysis, and interviews from around the globe. Elevate your MSP game by staying in the MSP Zone. And now, your host, Charles Weaver. I want to talk a little bit about the MSP regulation um situation in the United Kingdom. And then I want to pivot to a larger issue of MSP regulation in 2023 and beyond. Um, We already uh, wrote uh, a policy paper, uh, published that, and are circulating that right now. If you have not read that uh, and you are interested in the UK MSP regulation issue, uh, I encourage you to read it. If you are not a managed service provider living in the United Kingdom or you don't have customers who are in the UK, um, you should still probably take a look at this because you should be aware of it. Why should you be aware of it? If you're an MSP in San Francisco, you should be aware of the UK MSP regulation movement because it's something that you could be very well dealing with yourself in San Francisco or in Miami, or in Dallas, Texas, or in Pittsburgh, or wherever you are in the world, um, these types of things are not isolated, right? Yes, it's happening in the United Kingdom. It's specifically covering United Kingdom managed service providers, but it but it's it's impacting MSPs, and because it impacts MSPs, you would be well served to understand what is happening and why it's happening so that you can be aware of it happening potentially, you know, more close to you, right? That's, that's what we're trying to, to, uh, to equip you with is information so that you're armed and protected and equipped with the knowledge to be advocates for uh, your own profession. And, I, and I'm very well aware that a lot of you have um, close dealings with uh, a variety of uh, politicians and uh, I was going to say influencers, but but po- policymakers, legislators, politicians of a variety of sorts, right? A lot of you are involved, and I'm talking about the business owners, MSP business owners globally, have uh, local, city, county, parish, uh, municipality, uh, state, and even national um, relationships. And the topic of regulation, the topic of MSP regulation, uh, does come up. I, I know this because you guys talk to me about it. So I, you know, you guys don't know that it's happening elsewhere, but I'm telling you, it's a very, it's a very common thing. So these, this type of analysis is is helpful for all of us to be aware of and to to just be 
thinking about these issues moving forward into the new year so that we can be equipped to deal with them and to argue for the best possible outcome for the managed services profession, which it's probably, if not at the top of your list, it's certainly at the top of of our list here at the MSP line. So let's just dive right in. Again, the... I'm going to start very, very quickly, and I mean very quickly. I'm not going to do a rehash of the policy paper that we already published that has a lot more detail into the into the UK um, regulation for MSPs, but I'll summarize for those of you who haven't um, yet read that policy paper. That policy paper, by the way, is up, uh, up on the MSP Alliance website in the regulation section, but I'll post a link to it in the show notes here. Summarizing, what the UK... MSP regulation is is an update to the UK NIS regulation of 2018. Now the the UK NIS regulation was a, was I would describe it as kind of a gen, a general cyber framework that the United Kingdom passed. I believe that this was largely in preparation for separation from um, the EU, you know, during the Brexit. Um, and it was t- to set up their own um, regulatory framework for cyber. The, the updates that are coming are, they're not actually passed. So the, this, this NIS regulatory framework of 2018, uh, I, I'm pretty sure passed. So it's an actual law. What we're talking about here, the MSP regulation is actually a proposed revision and update to that 2018 law that I don't think has actually happened yet. So this is this is a kind of discussion, right? Now, the UK government did a lot of uh, interaction. They, they posted surveys. They had focus groups. I, I, from what I read, they did a lot of interaction with, with someone, um, uh, just for the record, we, we, we did not talk to them. Um, had we talked to them, had they talked to us, we would have told them uh, some of the things that we're going to be telling you and w- what, what we've written about in the public policy um, paper. But basically what this, what this update is, is designed to be is to shore up MSP-specific issues that the UK government believes is, are critical to the, the national infrastructure of the United Kingdom. Okay, so that's what the, the overall um, focus of that, of that update is. Um, I, and, and I'm going to get back to some of the critiques that we have with that regulatory framework as it stands today. And again, they may be expecting this type of feedback from the general public, and maybe this is part of their design, is that they're going to they're going to digest all of this information and incorporate it into the final legislation before it gets actually ratified and passed. That's how many other legislative bodies act. I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's also how the UK government acts, and I would certainly hope that they are reading and listening to to what the MSP community is saying. But first of all, what I would like to say is the general direction of MSP regulation in 2023 and beyond is largely positive. It's largely positive. Now, why do I say it's largely positive when I just told you that there are issues with the UK MSP regulation? I I say it's largely positive because 
I believe that what we're seeing is a an improvement across the board from a public policy and from a legislative standpoint where we've had a huge gap between what I will, what I'll consider general computer security laws that have been on the some of them have been on the books for many 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 years have no contemplation whatsoever of the role of the managed service provider organization and not, not just because of that, but many of the things, the, the general state of cyber uh, attacks, cybersecurity, computer security, computer privacy, um, hostile, organized uh, bad actors, nation state bad actors. I mean, many, many things on the geopolitical um, f- field have changed enough that the computer laws that exist, if they do exist in, in your, in your um, uh, jurisdiction, probably need to be updated. And so I think that that's what we're seeing in, in, uh, across the board, not just in the United States, not just in Canada, not just in Europe, but everywhere. It's happening in Australia. It's happening in South Africa. It's happening in Brazil. It's happening in, in most of the major developed um, countries. These types of things are happening. You need to be aware of it because as MSPs, if it doesn't overtly, explicitly impact you, it certainly is going to impact you indirectly because these updates are going to almost guaranteed impact your customers. And as a result, you need to be aware of it, right? Okay. The The state of MSP regulation in 2023 is going to involve just that. It's going to come in two general categories. It's going to come in direct and indirect legislation. What do I mean by that? Okay. Direct impact, direct legislation of MSPs is going to be exactly that. It's going to call out the MSP. If not in the name, then certainly in the um, in the text of the law or the regulation, it's going to list either by name, managed service providers, or it's going to create a new name and attempt to define, accurately link that name to the managed services companies that we we understand. Um, some examples of that. Certainly the, the Louisiana law in the United States here was the first U.S. law, and I believe it was the first uh, law ever on the planet, to overtly call out managed service providers in its title and in the text of the of the law itself and that was the purpose of that of that legislative update was to to say we the the government and the citizens of the United, uh, of Louisiana want to continue working with managed service providers and we want to do so in as safe a way as possible we uh, the, the you know the, the, the government of Louisiana, we, we want our agencies, our departments in the state to benefit from the relationship and, the, and all the good things that MSPs bring, and here's how we, we want that to, to unfold. On the whole, I think if you've read or listened to any of the material we've, we've published over the last two years on the Louisiana MSP uh, regulation, uh, registration law, um, you will you will know that we are largely, for the most part, there were some things that we we um, 
thought needed to be corrected, and and most of those, I believe, all of them have been have been corrected by the by the legislature there. That law was an example of a generally positive approach to managed service providers. Why do I say that? I say that again. I'm summarizing. I don't want to repeat everything that we've written and talked about on that law, but we say that it's over overwhelmingly positive because it acknowledges the role of the MSP. It acknowledges the need of the state agency as a customer of managed services. And it says, this is, we want to have this relationship. It's good for the state. It's good for the citizens of Louisiana. It's good for the agencies who don't have all the necessary IT staff experience um, tools necessary to fight the cyber war, much less just generally manage and maintain in a good operating order all the IT assets that they need to run the state or run their agency or what have you. Okay, does that make sense? It's 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 a good example because that is undeniably, in my opinion, that is undeniably the the tone of the law as it's expressed. It's also the tone of the people who were behind the scenes having communications with us saying, this is what we want to do, okay? So that I, I'm relatively assured that that's, that's what their motive was. I believe that that's largely the same in the United Kingdom. Now, I have some... I have some issues. Well, before I get there, I'm going to get back to the other general bucket, right? So, so the the Louisiana law is an example of a direct impact MSP regulation. The UK law, the the UK MSP regulation update is another example of an overt specific MSP direct action legislation. A the other bucket that I referred to is the indirect legislation. Well, that's, an, that's regulation or policy that does not specifically call out the managed service provider by name, but it impacts them indirectly because it, it places a requirement on a customer and the customer's implementation of that rule or, or law or regulation will involve the MSP that they use, okay? That's, that's generally speaking what an indirect uh, regulatory framework would look like for an MSP. It doesn't specifically call out the MSP, but the MSP nevertheless is involved in it. They're going to have to participate in it, and they're going to have to be aware of what that law says if they're going to be of any help to their customer. I'll, I'll, give, you an, uh, I'll give you a general understanding of what that is right now uh, although nobody really understands it from from the um, from this side of it the the insurance sector is as as many of you already know really befuddled by cyber risk and trying desperately to figure out and solve the cyber risk equation okay um, a lot of you know this if you don't know it I'm telling you it is widespread. It is global. It involves nearly all the significant underwriters, carriers, and large brokerage houses in the world who deal with cyber coverage of any type. 
they're trying to figure out and solve this problem, okay? What they don't understand is that their regulatory pressure to issue, I say regulatory, I mean, they, 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 they have, you know, a lot of regulation in the insurance sector and have for many, many years. But their pressures in bringing a cyber product to market where they don't understand, they, the carrier, the, the insurance carrier, the, the actual company that, that writes and issues the policy, they don't understand their cyber risk with, with, with regards to much, not just MSPs, but any organization. They don't understand it. They have, they have certain kind of preconceived notions of MSPs, which are not, in my opinion, at all um, uh, accurate. But that's a, that's, a, that's a tale for another time. The insurance industry is trying to figure out cyber risk, their own cyber risk. They're, they're, they're not having a lot of success with it. We, we may be seeing a, an emerging, uh, emerging solution. Uh, we'll talk more about that in, probably in the new year. But what's happening is that the MSP is, is completely wrapped up and involved in the cyber insurance equation. Why? Because, and I've said this before, because customers across the globe who don't have a firm understanding of their internal IT cybersecurity stand, standing, their, their, their overall welfare, that they don't understand what their what what how their organization deals with things because their MSP does it for them. That's what I'm talking about. Um they rely on their MSPs to fill out and inform them on security questionnaires for the insurance companies, right? So that's an example of indirect regulation, indirect regulatory pressure. Um, another great example would be data breach notification, right? All the data breach notification requirements that do exist out there they involve the MSPs very much um, because the MSPs are going to be involved in some way during a breach, a, a, a security or a data breach incident. And the MSPs need to be aware of their customers' exposure to data breach uh, notification requirements because the, the, guaranteed they're going to be involved in some way, right? So that's a, that's a great example of indirect regulatory pressure on the MSP. My second point for this for this episode is that I want to talk about the flaws that we're seeing in the MSP regulation direction. Now, I'm going to call out specific things, but I'm going to be making a general statement across the board about all existing and future MSP regulation. I've mentioned Louisiana. I've mentioned the UK law. There's a handful of states that are already looking to act, specifically calling out MSPs, and that's probably a drop in the bucket from the states that are that are all moving. Um, states here in the U.S., uh, EU, Canada, Australia, and, and, the, and the other usual actors. One of the things that I found it 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 certainly impacted Louisiana until until we got involved and we started to to help kind of inform 
the the policymakers about about some of these things. But I don't believe that the UK um, policymakers have yet heard this message because one one of the general areas, uh, one of the general flaws of MSP regulation that we must be aware of and and be on the lookout for is the attempt to draw a line that is bigger than the MSP sector. You get, you get where I'm going here, folks? The, the UK law, and, and read, our, read our policy paper on this, the, the description of what the UK regulators call a, a digital service provider, right? So digital service provider is not a term that, that many MSPs would use for themselves, but digital service providers is kind of what they, they in, in the UK are using to, to incorporate MSPs. They're calling out under their umbrella of digital service provider a large variety of business model that have nothing to do with managed services. It's not managed anything. It, these are going to be break-fix companies. These are going to be reactive companies um, r- responding to computer crimes, computer outages, computer um, you know, breakdown. But they're not proactively managing anything. And that's what we in the professional managed services community know to be the defining characteristic of what an MSP does and, and who they are. That's one area, right, where if you are responsible for regulation of MSPs in 2023, you had, uh, we are imploring you to carefully articulate how you define a managed service provider. That is going to be a really big test of the efficacy of your law, of any law, is how well you write the definition of what the MSP is, right? This is if you're writing MSP regulation in 2023, the MSP definition is the subject matter of your entire regulatory document. It must be accurate. If it's not accurate, then you are going to be attempting to regulate. You're going to be saying you're regulating one thing when in fact you're regulating something else. Or you're regulating that one thing, but you're regulating two or three other things that you never intended to. You see where I'm going here? Have an accurate description of what an MSP is, number one. Number two, um, we're talking about flaws in MSP regulation in 2023 and beyond that we're going to be looking out for. Um, do not, do not attempt to break out of what I'll call the Louisiana MSP regulation mold of attempting to recognize existing relationships between MSP and customer and do anything other than trying to improve those relationships and make them more secure. I am not making a general blanket statement that MSPs are perfect. I've never said that. I will never say that. That is not what I believe. MSP organizations are organizations made up of humans. They can fail. Um, it is it is expected. Um, we we in fact plan for failure in the MSP business model. What we what we don't do, however, is have 
no contingencies and lack of preparation for those failures or those breakdowns in process or service delivery. We expect those things to happen, and what we expect is the the service delivery process and the MSP organizational structure to be good enough that it can identify when there's a problem and so that it can, that it can be fixed. That is what we expect, okay? Perfection is not part of that outcome. It is, it is identification of failure that is a better um, characterization of what we look for uh, in terms of the ultra-mature MSP organization. So don't attempt to break out of that mold of regulatory objective where the goal is to do anything other than to shore up and improve the relationship between MSP and customer. What do I mean when I say that? What I mean by that is, and I'll, and I'll just call it out, don't try to place blame on a non-conforming, poor cyber hygiene general public onto the MSP's shoulders. I, I can't say it any any clearly, more clearly than that. If you've got an organization that doesn't want to do the things that are expected of them in 2023, don't write a law that says that the MSP is responsible for the customer because they're not. Because until such time as you in the regulatory community place the authority of the MSP to direct a private or a publicly held organization at least in terms of their IT, you cannot realistically place or shift the risk from the customer onto the MSP. MSPs do not control the decisions at a board, at a corporate level. They can influence, they can cajole, they can strenuously argue they can poke fun at, they can um, beat down through sales and marketing, they can do a lot of things. But what the MSP can't do is tell a business owner or the IT director of the county government in the United Kingdom, we need you to be backing up your data. And the IT the county IT director says, no, I don't want to do it. I don't have the budget to do it. I'm not going to pay you to do it. But I'm going to expect that you hold the risk for our organization if we get attacked. I am telling you now, that is not an outcome that the MSP profession will accept any longer. Not going to have it. In fact, I'll tell you that one other thing. I know MSPs, a lot of MSPs, are walking away from customers who are still exhibiting that archaic mentality. They're walking away from it. They're either telling the customer that they're not going to work with them any longer, or they're telling the customer, you're not going to be a managed services customer. It means if you're doing something bad and you get breached, we're not responsible for it because we're not your MSP in that regard. We will help you clean it up but it's going to cost you a time and materials, a billable hours model. Do not expect us to underwrite your risk. And what we cannot see is regulation 
blurring the lines between what we know to be ongoing current MSP practice of, of pushing as much as they can, trying to help their customers to become better protected against all the bad things that are out there. What we can't have is a regulation that says that the MSP is going to be ultimately responsible for all of their customer bad behavior. And I'll tell you, um, the, the, there's elements of that UK MSP regulation that, that attempt to, to do just that. And I think that that's a, that's a mistake. I don't want to relitigate all the stuff that's happened. I understand the 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 solar winds breach. I understand the the event at Kaseya. I understand all of it. And the MSPs that were impacted weren't impacted as a result of f- failure because it wasn't an anticipated thing that that happened. And in fact, actually that that's not true. The MSPs that were impacted in the solar winds and the Kaseya events were the ones that had customers who never were impacted. They were the MSPs who remained operational even throughout that crisis. Those crises. It's the break-fix companies who were the ones that let the goals slip on through into the net. To use a FIFA. We're watching the World Cup right now, right? Um, They let the goals in. The ball went in, into the net. Right, the, 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 it's a great way that I look at cyber attacks. Right, the 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 MSP is the goalie. the 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 goalie isn't guaranteed that no one is going to try to hit a goal. the The goalie is doing their job if they're if they're preventing goals going in. Maybe that's too much emphasis on the goalie. It's the defenseman, right? It's the goalie plus all the defenders. Uh, in that analogy, but you get my point, right? No one's expecting that that MSPs are going to be just not attacked at all. But what we do expect is that the MSPs have the support of their policymakers to understand the role that they play and to encourage them and help them to get their customers to behave differently when it comes to cyber hygiene to do the things necessary to lower their risk as, as organizations. And guess what will happen? It will also then lower the risk of, of MSPs. It will lower this insurance risk. It will lower everyone's risk. But what you cannot have is a, is a law that attempts to place all of that burden squarely on the shoulders of the MSP. We're not going to have it. We won't have it. Finally, what MSPs need from MSP regulation? Well, I kind of alluded to it in that last comment, but I'll, I'll, I'll summarize it. MSPs need the support of public policymakers to pass legislation that emboldens the MSP, that equips the MSP with things that they need to do what they do best. You do not want to live in a world where it is extremely difficult to practice managed services. The UK government doesn't want that. I guarantee you. The last thing in the world the UK government wants is for 
a vast majority of the MSPs to say, guess what? This is, you've, you've made this too difficult. I'm going to go do something else. I'm going to go move to mainland Europe. I'm just kidding. No one, no one from the UK would actually do that. You get my point. Maybe they decide to give it up and go be a you know, professional gamer online. Who knows? You don't want to encourage MSP owners and operators to leave the profession. You won't want that. Trust me. Louisiana doesn't want that. I know that. None of the states wants more MSPs to leave the business. We need more MSPs, to be quite frank. And I've said that for many, many years. We need more quality, mature managed service providers. And if you're going to pass legislation that directly impacts MSPs, please do so knowing the role of the MSP, knowing all the good that they do, and write legislation that helps them out. You will do them and yourselves a big service. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a like. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you will get notified when future episodes are released. We will see you next time in the MSP Zone.